This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Today, we have a new Speaker of the House, and we'll tell you all about him. Texas sues the Biden administration over the handling of the southern border, and the American Academy of Pediatrics is named in a new bombshell detransitioner lawsuit. We've got all of that and more coming up, and it all starts right now. Welcome to the news and why it matters. I am Sarah Gonzalez, and today we are joined by Jason Buttrell, chief researcher of the Glenn Beck program. Who he's waving and he's wearing a sweater. It's so cute. Sleeves. I love it. I mean, not just sleeves. A sweater, and it has a collar. I've got a rule: if someone's at the table with bigger guns than I do, I don't. I wear. I put the sleeves on. So I was prepared. He's mentioning uh, J.P. Sears, comedian and author of the new children's book, Chomp, 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 the Snap Fast Challenge, which I would like to talk to you about later in the program, if that's okay. I will allow it, Sarah. Yes. (laughs) Okay, good. Well, we're glad that you're here. I don't know. I can't speak for Jason, but I've I've been a big fan of your videos for a while. So we're happy to to have you. It, It will be interesting to hear your take on things because, you know, I don't. You're not very serious a lot of the time. Yeah, well, I I take pride in having an opinion where I feel intensely certain about things, but super uninformed. (laughs) Great, great. You'll fit right in. That's what I do all the time. Um, So I want to get to, finally, we have a Speaker of the House, apparently. It is uh, Representative Mike Johnson of Louisiana. The vote was 220 to 209. He was currently... I guess, previously serving as vice chairman of the House Republican Conference. And uh, when he first announced his candidacy over the weekend, um, he he talked about, you know, he wanted to uh, restore trust, advance a comprehensive policy agenda, uh, engage members, effectively message, you know, the whole big jargon. He does also, by the way, I will note, we went over the liberty scores of all of the nine, seven, however many GOP candidates there were at the time. And um, we were previously dealing with scores in the 50s. We wanted Byron Donalds uh, with the last roll call, which was obviously a 100% liberty score. We did get somewhere in the middle with 74% liberty score, which... To Matt Gates's credit, is an upgrade from like 54% with Kevin McCarthy. So you did add an additional 20 points on the Liberty score with Mike Johnson. Um, I want to play Mike Johnson earlier today after getting voted in as Speaker of the House. Watch. In all of our communities, children and even adults are dying from it. The status quo is unacceptable. Inaction is unacceptable. And we must come together and address the broken border. We have to do it. Okay, that was him um, on the border crisis. But I actually wanted to play, um, I want to play Mike Johnson talking about democracy. Watch. We want to thank all the press for waiting. It's been quite a process. (laughs) 
Democracy is messy sometimes, but it is our system. This conference that you see, this House Republican majority, is united. Is I'm honored to have the support of my colleagues, and what they understand about this is this is servant leadership. We're going to serve the people of this country. We're going to restore their faith in this Congress, this institution of government. America is the last best hope of man on the earth. Abraham Lincoln said it. Ronald Reagan used to remind us all the time, and we're here to remind you of that again. We're going to restore your trust in what we do here. You're going to see a new form of government, and we are going to move this quickly. This group here is ready to govern, and we're going to govern well. We're going to do what's right by the people. And I believe the people are going to reward that next year. But we have a lot of big priorities ahead of us right now. The world is on fire. We stand with our ally, Israel. Jason is already hanging his head, so I'll be fascinated to get his take. But I want to I want to go over a little bit of who Mike Johnson is, because there's like a billion Congress members. And Mike Johnson was, I think, previously kind of relatively unknown to the public. He's not the one that was out there in front of the cameras all the time talking. And so uh, just a little bit about Mike Johnson. Uh, He opposed the certification of the 2020 election. He voted against funding Ukraine and the war over there. Um, He, by the way, his quote on that, we should we should not be sending another 40 billion dollars abroad when our own border is in chaos. American mothers are struggling to find baby formula. Gas prices are at record highs and American families are struggling to make ends meet uh, without sufficient oversight where the money will go. He opposes abortion and same sex marriage. He served on Trump's legal team during his impeachment impeachment trial and he opposes sorry thank you both impeachment trials uh and he opposes um transgender medical care so i i saw a tweet from representative i think it's jasmine crockett and she was trying to tag him as like we have an extreme maga extreme maga has taken over the house he's just like mtg and lauren bobert he's a maga extremist he authored a budget to slash social security and medicare and i was like he sounds Awesome. (laughs) This is great. Thank you. That's free advertisement. Thank you, Jasmine Crockett. Um, So I'll be fascinated to get uh, get your takes on whether or not this um, audible that Matt Gates called you guys think is going to pay off. I I, I want to first, I'll answer that question, Sarah. I, I just wanted to say how amazing this is. This is just so great, guys. I mean, just think about it. For the past couple of weeks, they couldn't do things like raise our taxes, <laughs> spend our damn money. They couldn't do any of those things. Yeah. You know, send all that other, you know, to billion, billions of dollars to foreign countries instead of here. They were not able to do that, but they're able to do that again now. Yeah. Amazing, yes. I can't wait, it's so awesome. Thank God. <laughs> wait a minute, this kind of sucks. Can we go back to last week, please? It's kind of like the Hollywood writer's strike. Like, we, we yeah. solve all the woke yeah. propaganda. Like, they're just on strike. They can't do their thing and... Now right. they can do their thing again in D.C. <laughs> right. Totally. It's the Yay. same thing. I don't know. So I guess Matt Gates's gamble worked. It, there was zero plan, uh, which was kind of <laughs> what the embarrassing like, part of it yeah, was. Yeah. But his his will was done in mm-hmm. the end. Like They got rid of you know a guy that had, a, what, a 54, 56% on the Liberty mm-hmm. score. Um, now they got a guy, like you said, they, got, they have an upgrade. So I, I think they did better. They're never going to put someone in there that we really want, right. which is kind of a big takeaway. Yeah. We really wanted Byron Donalds. Mm-hmm. 
That would have been amazing. Oh, so would Jim Jordan. We he had really an wanted Jim Jordan. Instead, they got someone that said that Jim Jordan is his mentor. And, which is, yeah. and why do you I'm say bad. they'll never put someone in there that we really want? Someone that's a true conservative. Mm-hmm. Well, okay, also, maybe I shouldn't say he's not a true conservative, <coughs> but there's definitely like a mold that I think a lot of people that kind of agree with me would want in there. They want someone that is going to be unflinching in mm-hmm. their conv- conviction. So if they mean there's not going to be another omnibus, I'm, we're not. We're, go, I'm, we're going to give time for all these people to actually read the bills mm-hmm. before we sign them into law. Mm-hmm. We're actually going to advocate for lowering taxes, but we're also going to advocate for lowering spending. Right. They never say that stuff anymore I, at all. I would add to that. I would add to that, Jason, to to answer your question. Not that it was directed to me, but I'm just going to chime in anyway. I only wanted Jason. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Sorry. I'll just. <laughs> um, the news and why it matters with Jason Buttrell. On to you, Jason. Um, but uh, I think that there is a um, the, the average conservative voter who is just fed up with bipartisanship at this point because bipartisanship now means we have to go along with the Democrats' radical policies. A slow glide to the left. Yes, exactly. And every time they are in charge, they don't give a rat's ass about bipartisanship. They want to do whatever they want to do, and they're going to jam it down your throats, whether you like it or not. And so it's just frustrating to see that, you know, Kevin McCarthy, whenever we were going through all this, it's like, well, we have to be able to work with the Democrats on these spending bills. And it's like, no, I don't want you to work with the Democrats right. on these spending bills. I don't want you spending the money that you're spending. I think it's bullshit. And I want someone who's going to stand up and be a fighter and say the word no more often rather than, we want to work with the other side. We're way past that. Yeah. We, want, we, we want a conservative Nancy Pelosi. Yes, so that, maybe that's exactly. Another, that's another way to describe that we didn't get what we want. We, is, is Johnson the conservative Nancy Pelosi? I'm not saying. I mean, I, I see your well, point. we don't know. Uh, yeah. Conservative Nancy Pelosi, we want someone who's mega wealthy from insider trading. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, but that's all of them, though, right? That's, no kidding. But, but I, I totally get what you're saying about how what we want, which won't easily get is someone who will basically stand up for American values. And if the radical left is, you know, trying to influence things, we want someone who will protect America's interests from anti-American folks, even if those anti-American folks are in Congress. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. I I was smirking and laughing during his speech. Uh, I'm going to give him a chance. He's got (coughs) now is his time to prove it. You know, so I'm going to give it to him. But saying things like we're going to restore your trust in this, you know, in yes. Congress. Is up. Brother, I no, mean, no. Jesus is going to have to come back before that happens. <laughs> We've yeah. lost that trust. That's gonna, this is going to be a generational trust building process. Right. It's like anyone who tells you, hey, you can trust us or we're the trusted news network. It's like you, right. you're the ones we should least trust. <laughs> Step back a little bit. Yeah. Trust right. is something you earn through actions, not because we tell you we're going to earn your trust. Right, so right. I, I like that skepticism. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would also like to add um, to this. I did also read that he is very critical of the FBI right now, which you should be. So that's a plus, in my opinion, and um, uh, uh, very hard on, you know, um, the border, which you heard in that one clip where he was talking about the record amounts of fentanyl. Um, so hopefully that well, translates into something. To your last point, you know, 
we want someone to actually act on these words. Right. Like, we, the, you know, it was awesome when we got full control of the government, you know, that first term after Trump where we had Congress, we had both mm-hmm. houses of Congress, we had the executive, and they finally got rid of Obamacare. Remember that? No, Remember I that don't. Uh-uh. They, wait, sir, they told us they were going to do that. Mm-hmm. How could yeah. they not? They had full control. Right. There were a couple things that they uh, could have done in power. But I think maybe that's that's not as you can't raise money when you solve the problem. Right. So and there's the problem. Right. Which has not changed. So I'm not exactly sure what he how he's going to fix the border or how he's going to fix the weaponized DOJ or the FBI or I don't know. Look, I, I'm heavily I, I'm I'm call me Mr. Skeptic today because I, I'm just tired of it. You know. Yeah. Well, I. I, I would agree. I like what he said. And mm-hmm. also having an open mind, we were able to draw distinctions between what you say and what you're actually going to do. So uh, I'm glad to have a skeptical mind. I'm glad to like what I heard him say. Because uh, similar, I had never heard of Mike Johnson mm-hmm. before. So who is he? Right. Oh, I like the words he said. And like now prove it. Please right. do something in alignment with your words. It does make you wonder how how he got through this hurdle, right? Let's say the same thing. Yeah, because, I mean, if if Jim Jordan is his mentor, self, self-admittedly, self Jim Jordan is his mentor. They Apparently, Jim Jordan was a bridge too far. We couldn't have that. We heard reports that it was because he uh, dared say that perhaps the 2020 election wasn't totally legitimate and that he was, like, tarred and feathered for that forever. Well, this guy did the same thing, and he happened to get through. So it does make you wonder what, like, what was the magic solution, the magic potion to make these people say, okay, well, he has said, he has done some, he's very tied to Trump, but we're going to pull him, we're going to pull him through anyway. It does make you wonder. Yeah. What makes made him so less scary than someone like Donald's or Jordan? Right. To the, like the more left-leaning Republicans. Like, so the Republicans that would not vote for Jordan or would not vote for, for, uh, for Don, uh, Byron Donalds mm-hmm. is very, very telling because the main thing on their docket was the spending. Mm-hmm. They wanted to do something about the spending. They didn't want to rush through these bills, which when they rush in these bills, they can throw in all kinds of earmarks they want, all the dirty, nasty crap about government, which you think about. And I'm libertarian, so pretty much the whole damn thing is yeah. dirty and nasty. But all of those things, is is Johnson going to be shifty on that? Is he more willing to let some of that stuff slide? He would have to be, right? Mm. I'm just, I'm just like predict. I mean, you guys are making more, me more suspicious of this guy. Like, what <laughs> is wrong with them? How could they? Right. What, yeah, yeah. Like, okay. like, what are we not seeing? What, yeah. What do we not know? What are you guys not telling us? See, that, that, that's that's how we have to be now. It is. Even for the yeah. people that we think, even if the people we used to think were allies, because our our supposed allies in the past have not come through for us. Yeah. Some of them have gotten closer. Some of them better, but most of them have not come through for us. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, nobody wants to live in an uh, like an untrustworthy state. Like I don't trust the people around yeah. me, the leaders. However, not trusting someone is a very healthy psychological state if they've proven to be untrustworthy. Mm-hmm. And to your point, like that's welcome to 
the U.S. government yeah, in 2023. Exactly. It's, exactly. it's where we're at. And it's exactly opposite of, like, I think the, the modern progressive or modern left-leaning voter today. They trust everything yeah. about Isn't the government. That creepy? Yeah. That's so weird, right? Because it used to be different, didn't it? Mm-hmm. Wasn't it completely flipped? I would say I believe so. so. Yeah. So back so. in the '60s, they were yeah. like the rebels. Yeah. yeah. Now it's yeah. like we're the rebels for having, for being skeptics, and they're like, no, no, g- give all the power to the government. Right. Tr- trust all these politicians. They they know what's right for you. Just right. tr- like what? Like but I don't get when that switch happened. That's when we implemented 1984 into reality, when we took it from here's a fictional story to now this is going to be our non-fictional reality. Everything's flipped. Yeah. Yeah. Like, hey, the the side that was anti-establishment, now they're like, obey the pharmaceutical companies (laughs) and like trust them blindly. That'll be good. Also, war's kind of a good thing now. (laughs) The pharmaceutical thing. That's one of the. They were they were the biggest big uh, anti-big pharmas. Yeah. And now they're like, you must get vexed. Don't you must die. And of course, the side that was all about free speech is now censorship is definitely protecting people from imaginary things. So weird. Yeah, Um, yeah. It has flipped. It's crazy. It is. Um, All right, let's go ahead. Let's take a quick break. We'll be back with more. But we want to thank our sponsor, Bank on Yourself. So uh, I don't know if you've ever considered this, but perhaps you're being lied to by Wall Street. You know, they have those financial gurus over there say, max out your 401k and IRA. But the man who invented 401k says it's a failed experiment that should be destroyed. That's kind of a That's a contrast. Bank on yourself is a better way to grow and protect your hard-earned money. It's also never had a losing year in over 160 years. I would call that a really great track record. It's guaranteed predictable growth and retirement income. And with Bank on Yourself, your plan doesn't go backwards when the markets tumble. Your principal and your growth are locked in. It is tax-free retirement income. You're going to know what your tax rate is going to be in retirement, which is zero under current tax law. It's going to protect you from the coming tax tsunami. It's got built-in inflation protection and your money is guaranteed to grow by a larger dollar amount every single year in both good times and bad. So do you want guaranteed, predictable annual growth, control of your money, and tax-free retirement income? You can go to bankonyourself.com slash matters. They'll send you a free report with the retirement plan alternative uh, that I would say banks and Wall Street are desperately hoping you never hear about. I've talked to these guys. They have shown me what they do. It is truly incredible. You have to see for yourself over at bankonyourself.com slash matters. All right, Texas uh, sued the Biden administration. I just feel like sometimes we should just have a camera going at all times so we can play some of these off-air <laughs> <laughs> conversations that we have. But then again, that would, I would, we'd, someone would get canceled. I don't know. Eventually, someone would say something that they would get canceled. So I guess it's better that we don't. Monetization would be a no-no. I'm already demonetized, Jason. <laughs> they hate, I'm screwed on like every platform. They hate me. Um, so Texas sued the Biden administration yesterday for the federal government's practice of cutting wire, the razor wire that was placed by Texas state authorities. Um, obviously, we've seen, we've shown video clips of this. Uh, Governor Abbott deployed and instructed um, Texas National Guard and Texas authorities to put this razor wire to deter all of these illegal immigrants to come in. They, of course, installed the buoys as well, which the DOJ and the Biden administration is now suing Texas over. So uh, we've got videos of federal agents going around literally cutting the razor wire that Texas has installed, allowing these illegal immigrants to come through, and in some cases even fist bumping them as they're walking through uh, and entering our country illegally. 
So um, according to the lawsuit, they say that federal agents have implemented a policy of destroying Texas Wire to, quote, encourage and assist thousands of aliens to illegally cross the Rio Grande and enter Texas. Uh, by cutting Texas's concertina wire, the federal government has not only illegally destroyed property owned by the state of Texas, it has also disrupted the state's border security efforts, leaving gaps in Texas's border barriers and damaging Texas's ability to effectively deter illegal entry into its territory. I really wish that we had been able to. Yeah, there's that razor wire being cut um, for these people who are they just walk right on up and through. It's very easy for them. I would, you know, for as much as the federal government wants to say, we don't have an open border. It's pretty open. I don't know how much more open you can get. Um, I wish that I had had been able to have uh, Attorney General Ken Paxton on today. Um, But he said in a statement uh, yesterday that the state has the sovereign right to construct border barriers to prevent the entry of illegal aliens. Uh, The Department of Homeland Security is listed in the lawsuit. Alejandro Mayorkas himself, DHS Secretary, U.S. Customs and Border Patrol, CBP Acting Commissioner Troy Miller, U.S. Border Patrol and the Border Patrol Chief and Acting Chief Border Patrol Agent Juan Bernal, all our defendants in this lawsuit. It is just so bizarre to me that we are living at a time in which a state literally has to fight the federal government in order to secure the country's border, which is, I was going to say sovereign border, but like, you know, it's wide open. Yeah, I mean, if we didn't know any better, and we definitely don't because the thought police teach us we don't know better, we would think the federal government, the Biden administration, wants an open border when they're doing things like opening the border. And sometimes I think, like, just to grasp how ridiculous it is, if you thought of the border security strategies by the Biden administration, let's cut the razor wire, let's get the buoys down, enter here... If the border security strategies were implemented by a home security company, they come into your home like, okay, you want a more secure home? Here's what we're going to do. We're going to take the front door. We're going to take that off the hinges and we're going to we're going to cut about a 15 foot wide hole in the side of your wall. That's going to make it extra secure. And uh, your fence over there, that's uh, we're going to lower that because it's it's way too high to keep people out. And by the way, if anyone does somehow infiltrate your home with these security strategies, then you'll need to give them a phone, a bed, and pay for their food. Right. That's what we're going to do. Right. I mean, it sums up the Biden border policy. It, do- exactly. it really does. It really does. And I mean, it's just, you say it in such a way that like, that just sounds ridiculous, but it really is what's going on every single day at our border. And, and what's so psychotic is you now have the Biden administration say they it's time to start constructing parts of the wall. You're right. Uh, but that does not jive with them breaking parts of the border like this it's it's almost like it's all this is all just spiteful mm-hmm. like we know like remember that barrage of executive orders that that they had for biden to sign on mm-hmm. day one and it was all just to dismantle trump's Trump. legacy yep that's what that's what it was about it didn't matter if it was common sense stuff which right. and a lot of the what they signed out was trump's border policies right. and it had nothing to do with how effective it was it was just because they wanted to get back at him mm-hmm. that was mm-hmm. it that was their first salvo and then weaponizing the DOJ and all the raids and indictments, that was the second salvo. Mm-hmm. The third, fourth, fifth, and sixth are still coming. That's how bad these guys are. Yeah. But, I mean, it, just, it tells you a lot of just about how vindictive they are. And this has nothing to do with our security. Like, the, like these border towns, can you imagine what they're going through? I mean, New York buckled under what? Was it like, a, did they get up to 100,000? 
yes. Uh, so according to uh, New York City data, more than 140,000 from the U.S. border with Mexico have been shipped up to New York City since uh, spring of last year. Yeah, so I think that we were getting to around just at, was it, was it, was it 9,000 at Eagle Pass a day or something like that? I think at one point it was like 15,000. I mean, so they're reaching New York levels yeah. every couple weeks or right. so. Right, And it's with no stop. Right. Imagine if you're a citizen of Eagle Pass. Yeah. What the hell are yeah. you going to do? Right. It's a, uh, like, to your point, it's a small town. It's not New York with right. millions of people and you and budget. 140. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I can't imagine. Uh, it's just, and I'm curious, like, with what the Biden administration's doing, dismantling our border, when do we start calling that domestic terrorism? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, right. when does, okay, here's a good, uh, you know, first step, I guess, for the new Speaker of the House. Why don't you start impeaching people? Go ahead and, and impeach Mayorkas. Because this is all yeah. on him. That was his agents cutting that wire. Right. He's the guy ultimately responsible, right? Mm -hmm. Go after him. Go after Merrick Garland. We know the DOJ is weaponized now. Go right. after Merrick Garland. You know that he knew things that he's not letting on that he didn't know about with the Hunter Biden investigation. Go there. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's what we want to see. Actual teeth behind the words that have seemed so empty for the past several years. Right. Go after it. Um, so, Jason, you mentioned New York City. I want to play. It's just so, I mean... I would say comical. I guess it's not funny, but it kind of is to those of us who have been sounding the alarm on the, the uh, border crisis for a very long time. And you have all of these blue states who always happen to be sanctuary cities, right? Um, they've got New York City. You've got uh, cities in California. You've got sanctuary states in some in some cases. And they're like, well, we accept everyone regardless of race and sexual orientation and list identity here. And they want to make it a point to grandstand about how you're not the compassionate ones. We love everyone. And then when it comes to their backyard, they're like, yeah, well, we're out of room. So you guys are going to need to go somewhere else. It turns out we're not a sanctuary city. Um, I want to play Eric Adams saying just that. Watch. You know what? In over 50 years, I never thought I would say this again, but I'm going to say it now. Eureka. <laughs> this is what we've been trying to say. I mean, what is it going to take before people understand what outer room means? Yes, we're placing people in conditions that are unfair for migrants and it's unfair for New York City taxpayers. Oh. That's what we've been trying to say over and over again. And really? we're doing it like no other municipality. No mm. other municipality is accomplishing what we have accomplished. But I want to be clear. The visual signs of this crisis in our city, people are going to start to see it. I've talked to several people who have been in um, New York and what is it, the Roosevelt Hotel that is housing a lot of these migrants and they've been to that area and they're just like, I couldn't believe it. I mean, with as dirty as New York City already was, seeing all of these, all of these illegal immigrants there and they don't, by the way, they're, they're not here to assimilate. They don't, they don't care about like any of our standards of behavior. So they're, I mean, there's like, rotting food that's sitting out in the stairwells. There's all sorts of, there's rapes going on. There's all sorts of stuff um, because like they're, they're just, in my opinion, 
a lot of them, it turns out, are just here for free stuff because that's what they've been promised. And so they don't really, they're not like, I'm here for the American dream because I was told that I can make it if I just pull up my bootstraps and work hard. No, they're, they literally just want to take advantage of our system, um, a lot of them. And that is New York City. You're seeing the results of that. Go my ahead. favorite part of that clip after seeing someone like Adams mm -hmm. pointing out the economic ramifications mm -hmm. right. of an open border, right. talking about taxpayers, talking yeah, about just exactly. not having a, just for all of us, mostly on the right, that have said, no, this has got to stop, I'd like to say to Adams, Eureka, thank you. <laughs> Jeez. Um, all right, we got we to gotta take another break here, uh, but we want to thank our sponsor of this segment, Hillsdale College. So time is obviously our most precious commodity, and I've heard from so many of my listeners who have asked for my advice about how they can spend it wisely to improve themselves and the people around them. That is why I'm so excited that Hillsdale College is offering more than 40 free online courses in the most important and enduring subject. You can learn about the works of C.S. Lewis, the stories in the Book of Genesis, the meaning of the U.S. Constitution, the rise and fall of the Roman Republic, or the history of the ancient Christian church with Hillsdale College's online courses, all available for free. Yes, I said, for free. I personally recommend you sign up for American Citizenship and its decline with Victor Davis Hanson. It's an eight-lecture course, and he explores the, the history of citizenship in the West and the threats it faces today, threats like the erosion of the middle class, the disappearance of our borders. Uh, you're going to go right now to hillsdale.edu slash y to start. It's free. It's very easy to get started. You will learn so much over at hillsdale.edu slash y. That is hillsdale.edu slash y. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Go ahead and give a warning right now to all of our YouTube uh, viewers. I don't know how much of this segment is going to like make it onto YouTube because um, you know how they are and they already hate me. Um, but uh, according to a copy of a lawsuit obtained by the Daily Wire, Isabel Ayala, a woman who was pumped with testosterone and underwent hormone therapy when she was a young teenager is suing both her doctors and the American Academy of Pediatrics, uh, which her attorneys argue has knowingly lied about the impact of the radical sex change treatments that it recommends to children, of course. So uh, she is now a 20-year-old woman, but uh, she had just turned 14 when she was committed to the hospital for suicidal thoughts. Now, she says it was during this hospital stay that she met with a doctor by the name of Jason Rafferty, who during his brief meeting with her determined that she, quote, meets criteria to consider hormonal transition, end quote, uh, with the only stated obstacle being parental consent. Um, and then it says in the lawsuit that this doctor and other doctors, of course, sent her and her parents down the trail of uh, gender-affirming medicalization rather than addressing the true roots of her mental health problems. Six months into her testosterone treatments, she, of course, tried to commit suicide. Um, and the treatments still, they said, no, 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 no. Don't blame the treatments. We want you to continue. Trust us. When you're done with the treatments, you'll be so happy, which the statistics would say, 
is not true. Um, but uh, she, of course, regrets what her doctors did to her. And she is now suing. Um, but the American Academy of Pediatrics part in this uh, says that the American Academy of Pediatrics uh, published a policy statement advocating for aggressive gender treatments for children. Obviously, this is true. Um, and I am so happy and encouraged to see these lawsuits happening. Not that I'm happy that it happened to these people because it's a, a travesty. Um, but I don't think that this stops until these people are sued into oblivion because they're not going to change their radical behavior. And there are there. I should say they're not going to change their radical views on this. Um, it's not going to change the fact that these people are more interested in profiting off of children, off of removing children's body parts than they are actual health of these children and mental health of these children. It's just that if you take away the financial incentive by saying we're going to bankrupt you if you keep doing this to kids, um, I think that that's the only way out of this madness. What do you think? Yeah, I agree. And I, I was excited to see this lawsuit come yeah. up because these doctors, these medical groups that will do this to children, them getting sued, it, it doesn't take back any of the harm. It doesn't right. fix any of the harm they've done. But what it does is potentially stop them mm -hmm. because if they're money motivated, cool, now we start to hopefully see some precedence of, well, it's going to cost you. You get sued big time, so it's going to cost you more than you profit. So that's what gets people, groups that are just compromised humans for the sake of their own profit, that's what gets them to stop. So uh, I think this is great. I hope the lawsuit is successful. Yeah. My best case scenario on this is they've effectively destroyed a generation mm -hmm. with this brainwashing bullcrap. Mm -hmm. My best case scenario is... When these poor kids become adults in 30 years, 40 years, or whatever, they all come out and say, this was a total crap, this was a load of crap, I was pushed in this direction, this was the worst thing ever. Finally, they can get the medical community to reveal them for the frauds that they are. And then there's a Nuremberg-style mm -hmm. trial that goes on, and they all go to jail for mm -hmm. the rest of their lives. That's what I hope. I, right now, I hate that I see the medical profession this way. It, it gets worse and worse every day. But right now, I see doctors and some of these scientists as like movie producers that are looking at new markets where they can open up. They're like, oh, China is now letting in our movies? They're looking for new markets. And they saw this, the mutilation of children as a new, I almost cussed, a new market. I'm not gonna do it. A new market. Just in case. That's all this was. Yeah. This is a new market for them. Yeah. They yeah. see billion dollar, billion dollar signs floating over their heads. And so that's, that's what they're willing to do. They're willing to destroy a generation money. Yeah, well, but, but I, and I want to add to that, um, and I didn't mean to cut you off, JP, but I want to add to that. It's not just the initial surgery, right? It's just so much more evil than that because they also know that they're going to be lifelong yeah. customers yeah. because they're going to have so many freaking problems with all of these treatments. They know it's like, oh, well, this is just a constant cash flow. That's how little they care about these children. That's how yeah. evil it gets. Yeah, we were talking a few minutes ago about how in our world today, Languages change. We call things the opposite of what they are. You know, the the physician's first creed, their their uh, Hippocratic oath, yeah. first is to do no harm. Mm -hmm. Well, if you take something very harmful, mm -hmm. but then label it something else, if you label mutilation, which you can't do legally, you, you can't do that, doctor. But if you label that same thing, gender affirming care, now you get to right. do it. So that's a, a, we need to right this ship because there has been just tremendous harm done. Mm -hmm. 
they know it's been harmful, but they've just called it something else. Mm -hmm. And uh, I think Nuremberg Code, I mean, I think we're dealing with genuine evil here. Yeah. And I don't think you're exaggerating. I think Nuremberg Code type trials for these crimes against humanity, that that is fitting. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree. Affirming, I've said this before, and this is probably gonna get cut out, but affirming- I think we're past that, Jason, yeah. <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> affirming someone's mental illness is not done for any other mental illness, yeah. except this case. Yeah. And this is how bad it is. The, did you see that story about the first non-binary trans referee in the NBA? Yes, yeah, we talked about it, yeah. Now what the F does that even that's mean? That's what I said, I, that's what I said. If you're trans, that means you went from one gender to another. Right. right. But then you you tack on non-binary, so you're not either? Right, yeah. non-binary means you don't subscribe to any type of gender, so therefore you can't be transgender because there would be no gender for you to trans. Maybe it means they like, can crotch it or something, so there's nothing there? I don't know, it was like a... If we're busy trying to logically understand an <laughs> yes. unlogical phenomenon, then we can also consider what we've probably seen around the internet so much. The old parable of, if your genitals don't define you, how does changing your uh -huh. genitals affirm you? Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't, I, we need to stop trying to make sense of all of this, I think is the answer. Um, all right, we got to take another quick break. But I want to remind you guys, we have been talking about a major step that Blaze Media is taking to uh, declare independence from big tech ahead of the 2024 election so that we can keep bringing you the truth no matter what. So when publishers host ads on their websites, Google and other major ad exchanges send bots to crawl their pages for content that they deem unsafe for advertisers and then they demand ads be removed from anything that's considered offending material or else the whole website gets demonetized. Well, you can imagine we're on all their lists and we're done playing that game. If you go to theblaze.com right now, you will see it's been completely redesigned. There's articles, opinion, analysis, lifestyle even, sports, and even tech commentary, but it's going to be ad-free. Uh, unlike anywhere else, because we have kicked the exchanges to the curb. Instead, we're now relying directly on your support. For less than a cost of co a cup of coffee per month, you can help stand up to the censorship regime. And by the way, if you're watching this on Blaze TV because you're already a subscriber, you already are in. So go visit theblaze.com, explore the all-new ad-free experience, and see for yourself how we prioritized you, the reader, and standing up against the censorship regime over at theblaze.com. <music> JP, you are now a children's book author. Yes, thank you. I, it's my reading level, so that's the level <laughs> of book that I offer. Author. Well, tell, I mean, did you ever in, envision you would become a, a, a children's book author? Tell us about it. No, I never envisioned being a children's book author. I previously written adult books, believe it or not, or one book, but I, I never thought I'd be a children's book author because I was living in a cloud of ignorance where I. I didn't think there would be a need for it, but mm. we it's, it's hiding in plain sight. I mean, they are going after the minds of our children, Hollywood propaganda, stuff in schools, children's stories, children's movies, just mm -hmm. these are degenerative ideas that are trying to be implanted in children's minds and ideas packaged as, this makes you a good person, yeah. this makes you a loving person, gender ideology, critical race theory, don't believe in objective truth. So I see the problem and I realize, well, we need to one, protect kids mm -hmm. from the harm, but we also need to provide positive alternatives for them that instill 
good morals, good values, and good entertaining stories just without the psychological degeneration. So that's why I wrote this book. It's called Chomp, Chomp, Chomp. And yeah, it, children's stories, fun story, but the overall message, it's the number one message that I, would, that I wanna teach my son. If I could only teach my little boy one thing, it would be always do your own thinking, follow your heart and have the courage to keep following your heart and doing your own thinking. So I wanted to bring that to families through a children's story. Which, I mean, and, I mean you're, you're talking about these, uh, the values that you want to instill, which I totally agree with. Um, but so this is kind of the book is about like peer pressure basically. Yeah, it, it, exactly. And I, I mean, peer pressure is the temptation that gets kids to betray their own thinking and betray their own heart. And by the way, peer pressure, we tend to think of that as this is a kid's problem. And it is. But you look at the world the past three years and you realize so many adults yeah. around the world, yeah. they didn't get this message when yeah. they were kids because yeah. peer pressure in the adult world the past couple of years, it's it's called obedience. Mm -hmm. So, but nobody's ever going to have a happy, fulfilled, meaningful life if they're betraying their own thinking, betraying their own heart. We have to use what God gave us. And that to me is, is an important part of the equation for children to grow up and ultimately be happy, healthy, productive adults living meaningful lives. I, I can't stress how important that is. And that's, that's actually a lot more profound than I was even initially thinking about because when he you, was just thinking you wouldn't say anything profound yeah well, I, i'm just reading <laughs> just off the teleprompter <laughs> you're just a comedian well, how could you say something smart well, you, well, that's <laughs> very mean of you jason <laughs> but that's not what i've heard <laughs> but the point you make you made though about how that's an adult problem it is because uh, yeah. the first word that came to my mind you said obedience was spot on um my the thing I, that popped in my head immediately was hive mind yeah mm -hmm. and th that's a huge problem right now mm -hmm. you if you find yourself behind one of the lines in any, in even any of the hive minds, on both sides of the hive mind, there's absolute punishment for anyone that breaks out of it, or at least that's how you feel. Yeah. So everyone just kind of blindly follows along like a zombie or an NPC. That has got to stop. People have got to start yeah. thinking for themselves. In that punishment, like I, I consider myself a conservative, but I'm also very careful. I don't want to fall into the hive mind. Like right. what do us conservatives, no, yeah. I'll use my own thinking. But like you mentioned, there's, there's consequences to it. And that evokes fear like, oh, my group, might reject me if I do my own thinking and I think differently on that. That's why critical thinking and being in touch with your heart, we also need to get the message to kids, it takes courage. Mm -hmm. Because yes, there will be fear evoked when you're thinking about something differently than everybody else, but we have to teach kids that discomfort of doing courage rather than doing obedience, that's mm -hmm. actually good for you. Yeah. 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 Um, so tell everyone where they can find Chomp, 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 the Snapfast Challenge, which I will say uh, um, uh, it's a brave book, right? We love brave books at our house. Um, they come with like this little map of like the Brave Islands or whatever. And my older son has it on his wall. And so they are, uh, the brave books are great for people who are looking for just good, you know, it's going to teach your children the right message rather than the wrong message. So tell them, them where they can find that. Yep, you can check my book out and also all the other amazing things Brave does at bravebooks.com. Awesome. Well, um, I will be checking it out as well. We've got to get all the latest Brave books. So uh, appreciate all of your work on that. And thanks for helping protect the kids because we really need it. We do. Yeah. Um, all right. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. We'll be right back.
talking about uh, saving the next generation, I'd like to play a clip of a Gen Zer, um, like just in tears because she has to like work for a living and she doesn't have time to have fun. Watch. I know I'm probably just being so dramatic and annoying. Yes. But really. this is my first job, like my first nine to five job after college, and I'm in person, and I'm commuting Uh-oh. in the city, and it takes me oh forever oh, to get there. Person? There's no way I'm gonna be able to afford living in the city right now, right? so that's off the table. Like, duh! If I was able to walk to work, and it would, it'd be fine, but I'm not. So it literally takes me like I leave here, like I get on the train at seven thirty, and I don't get home till like six fifteen earliest, and then like I don't have time to do anything. I don't. I want to shower eat my dinner and go to sleep i don't have time or energy to cook my dinner either like i don't have energy oh, to work no. out like that's out the window like i'm so upset oh, oh no God. nothing to do with my job at all but just like the nine to five schedule in general is crazy being oh, in office nine no. to five, like if it was remote you get off at five and you're home and everything's fine but like i'm not home it takes me long to get home and like like people that drive to the office like it doesn't you don't get off at five and i know it could be worse i know i could be working longer but like i literally get off it's pitch black like i don't have energy how do you have friends like how do you have time to like meet like a guy i don't know like how do you have time for like dating like i don't have time for anything and i'm like so stressed out and i'm also getting my period so that's why i'm all emotional but like am i so dramatic it's fine Okay, that's enough. I can't even laugh. This is actually scary. This is an entire generation that's like this. I've got family friends that are like this. The kids are exactly the same. She was probably in her parents' house. Yeah. Like, they don't want to move out. Yeah. They complain about the smallest amounts of work. And then they, then when they get like this, they all try to go get anxiety medication. Yeah. Like, seriously, this is bad. This is a, an epidemic. I mean, it, obviously it is terrible for her living in America and needing to work. So she might enjoy moving to Venezuela. And also, in the words of Candace Owens, life's tough, get a helmet. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> was, I love when she said that. Um, JP, thanks for being here. Jason, you too. Oh, thanks. Stream and subscribe to more Blaze Media content at theblaze.com slash podcasts.